All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We are now calling Jimmy LaSalle from uh, who's at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Hello, Jamie. Hello, hello. Uh, hold on. Yo, are you there? You got me. I'm here. I got you. We've got each other, Jamie. Jamie, we've got. How's it going? It's going. Uh, We're in. It's going swimmingly. Awesome. It's, it's uh, going. It's going fantastic. How are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. I'm in uh, Phoenix at the House of Comedy, which is good because I live in. Uh, I know I've talked to you before. I live in Alaska. That's so, right. Oh, always happy to be somewhere uh, where it's not freezing. We actually you know? interviewed you uh, in the flesh a year or two ago. That's, that's right. That's right. Face to face. Well, and you. That's right. Uh, but I love this. Yeah, you, 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 warmth. you quickly became one of our uh, one of our personal favorites. So we're we're so glad we that's could cool. uh, could supply warmth to you, sir. It's so nice, and it's also light. Because like in Alaska, where I live, I live right in the interior. Sometimes there's only an hour of daylight, and people complain about that. They go, oh, how can you live in a place with only an hour of daylight? I, I actually like it. It makes you feel really productive, you know? Because at the end of the day, oh, man, I did stuff all day today. <laughs> you know, from sun up to sun down, I was working. <laughs> it the wee hours of the afternoon. I don't mind it. Yeah. You know, I'm a night owl. And uh, um, even though there's no reason for me to be up all night anymore, as there was when I was younger, um, that would be a problem for me because I would just never go to sleep. Yeah, that would be perfect for you. <laughs> night all the time. In the summer, and it's also like a real, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a dark place. So people, a lot of murders and stuff, you know, like there's a lot, of, like, not the safest place. And, uh, but then in the summer, it's like 24 hours of daylight, you know, and that's, that's when they find all the bodies. <laughs> so thank god for that now you you moved up there because of love i did i moved up there because of love i met a girl we ended up uh yeah we got married pretty pretty quickly and uh that was that that's uh you know it just shows it just shows what people will do for love that um if you think about it, you met someone and they go look uh, i want to marry you but then we're going to move to a place where it's always freezing and it'll be dark yeah. 23 hours a day for six months. And then it'll be unrelenting sunlight, but still cold. Uh, but that's it. And it, you'll be away from everything that you know and feel familiar with. But we were on my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's, you know, I don't know. That's not like, yeah. that's <laughs> I feel like in retrospect, up. if we had talked, if we had talked before I did this, I feel like I might not have done it. If you and I had fucking really gone through everything. <laughs> I mean, this this dude is this is love. This is this is Dickens, man. This is tis a far far better thing I've do, done today than I've ever done it before. Yeah, that's the illusion I'm trying to create. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a long way away. <laughs> but then you travel uh, all the time. I do. I try to never see my wife. So that's how it really works. That's where the happiness comes from. If we add up all the days we were together, we've only been together about one year. <laughs> and it's been 16 years. That's how much I travel. No, she's great. Got the kids up there. Got three kids up there. So. Yeah, three now. How and, old uh, are they? Do you have any kids? Do you have any kids? I do. I do. I have, um, I have a, a daughter. I have a grown daughter. I have, uh, through the uh, miracle of uh, this marriage, I have two um, stepdaughters and I have two grandchildren. So, yeah, I got kids. Oh, my goodness. You're, you're crushing it. Because I think people will say, um, 
the last, the last one I thought of a favorite, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, you know as a parent, you're not supposed to have like, a favorite kid. You know, I, I do have one. I mean, by a lot, by far, I have a favorite. And um, I'm not afraid to tell you because we're just on the radio. It's, yeah. uh, it's my neighbor's kid. <laughs> and just, he's just such a good boy. Um, I don't know if he was raised differently or what. <laughs> was he like 40, 42? <laughs> 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 there was a guy kid one time my dad said he's like a son to me I go he's not like a son to you he goes what do you mean I go you've never gone into his room and taken his allowance to buy beer so he's not like a son to your dad <laughs> I'm your son dad <laughs> that's hilarious that is hilarious how many weeks do you travel now? so because we're doing our Netflix show Real Rob because of that I, I, I'm traveling but not as much it's a, it's a, it's a long story, but I actually, let me go back a step just to make sure I'm being completely honest. If you come to the House of Comedy this weekend, you can hear the wonderful story of how I got divorced, but I still live in Alaska. So I actually am no longer married to that girl. We're still really good friends, ah. but uh, almost, but we just got divorced like four months ago. But it's like a, it's, it's not a sad thing, like it's, it's actually, um... In court, she got all the money, and I got a bunch of material <laughs> for my act. So, uh, it was totally worth it. And so I talk about that a lot now, kind of like having, so I have three kids in Alaska, where, you know, like you, like you had told the story, I moved up for love, you know, but that, but that goes away. Uh, so now I'm traveling. Jamie, I just totally lost you. I think you're moving around. I'm in LA for that. And so kind of, that feels like kind of a second home. I see my kids every possible hour that they allow me, you know. Yeah. And then, I, then whenever I can't, I uh, I just work my ass off a lot. But I've, I've been able to kind of hang in LA, which is a little more of a um, you know, it's a little more relaxing than jumping on a plane every week. Uh, hold. So by the way, the, the divorce thing. Just to tell you, it was it was mutual. You know, like it was like me and my wife and the guy she was sleeping with. We all decided. <laughs> <laughs> was he a lumberjack? Dude, he, I'm not even kidding. There was some guy, right, that just started dating right after me. And I don't know if this is why I wasn't offended. He had, and I mean, he had, it was a boyfriend from high school that she rekindled with. But when they got together, he had mentioned to her that he only had one eye now, which is fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, people with one eye. But he just didn't mention it. You would think he'd go like, hey, I just, I literally made fun. I was like, I just, I'm worried if he gets near the kids. I don't know how he's going to keep an eye on you and the kids at the same time. <laughs> now, let me ask you, this guy, was he uh, like a son to you? <laughs> <laughs> There's no kind of son in the world, you know? <laughs> you know, you've just gone from, you've just gone from being a, a Dickens-like character to somebody out of some sort of... Uh, like on a Hamlet or, or some Shakespearean thing, you know. <laughs> I know, dude. I was gonna just let it go because I, I I feel like it's, I don't want to bring anybody down or be. I almost just let it go with the thing, but I just my new thing is like brutal honesty, and it's it's been so good for the act and also for my sex life. And um, <laughs> it's it's been a, it's been a positive thing. And I want people out there to know that like if anyone's going through a divorce, which dude, half the people in the freaking world is going through it. Yeah. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It sucks for a while. I actually have a, a blog I did already called divorcedcomedian.com 
where uh, we kind of like throw out ideas about like, hey, if you miss your kids, like you can do this or what what technology, the five coolest coolest things you gotta have if you're a divorced dad. So I have this blog where guys kind of can come together and talk about our days, the happy days, and all that stuff. So it's been, it's been something to do. So, oh, I just I had a question just slipped out of my skull. So, uh, um, you're going through this divorce, but then you go, all right, I got to see my kids, so I'm still going to maintain my residence in Alaska. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I got a little. Uh, I gave them the big, the big, the big house like you're supposed to do. Yeah. As a as a good dad, gave it over. So I was a stay at home mom, and so if I had made them all move, they would have had to live in an apartment. So it's like, hey, I guess just have that to give to the kids, and then so dude, I bought a place about a half mile down the road, and I made it, it's small, but it is like a man kid cave. Like, you have never seen anything like it. Like, I have, like, stand-up video games and, you know, Barbie dream house and a crane, and then I bought a bunch <laughs> of stuff for the kids also. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I'm going to fly up there. Uh, you know, that, it's kind of a weird thing, sometimes divorce. Uh, everybody's, almost everyone I, I know have gone, has gone through it. But in a divorce like that, yeah. where, there, where there's a, a, a one is staying home, and they turn around looking at you and go, I love our life except for one thing, you. So I want this exact thing and I want you to pay. I want you to pay for it. I just don't want you to be here. <laughs> You're exactly right. It's like they go, I love everything about their life except for you coming home. Yeah. Everything else is perfect. You know, except I, for the part where you show up with your rights. I used to, I used to uh, joke about my, my, first, uh, my first marriage. And I, go, I go, we actually had a lot in common. Common, for instance, we both hated me. Uh, mine was that's a, oh, that's funny, man. Yeah, hers, her, that's mine a, was an inner self-loathing, and hers was an outward hostility. So um, that's very funny. Also, that like, did you? Um, I also talk about how a lot of people, like women, know exactly why they uh, want it and got a divorce, and men don't know. You ask a woman, and why you got divorced? She goes, "I'll tell you why. I tell you exactly why. Because you know, I thought that he could change. I thought I saw his potential, so I worked for years to change him. After twenty years, he actually did change, but not in the way I wanted. So I divorced him. Then you ask a guy, you go, why'd you get a divorce? Yep. He goes, I have no idea. I was sitting on the couch watching TV, fell asleep, woke up, yep. TV was gone. So <laughs> <laughs> I woke up, TV was gone, half the couch, and I was holding divorce. Yeah, and I go, I go, you're, uh, you're so right. Yeah, there was a TV dinner sitting on the floor in the kitchen where the dining room table used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know so what? She's giving her everything she wanted. She wanted that. Yeah, so. I'll give you everything I want. Good. I want you to leave. So, um, well, um, uh, I empathize that you went through this. Uh, I, I'm uh, jealous of the material. So, um, <laughs> so you know, yeah. Spoken Unfortunately, like a, the old act. Yeah. My old act. She gets the. Uh, we, we split everything, and she got the uh, punchline, and I get the setup. So it's just unusable. <laughs> <laughs> what about the tags? Who got the tags to the jokes? Uh, um, we split the tags. They don't even make sense anymore. <laughs> Joint custody of the tags. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Can I use that? Yeah. Can you I know what? You know what, man? I, I, you you go with it. I would I would love for you to do it. All right. I would love you. I just want to ask you one thing real quick. You've done a lot of stuff. I did run across something. I didn't get a chance to watch it. You were actually on Greg Gutfield's show. Oh, yeah, like a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I have a funny story about that. So I'm politically, it's on Fox News. Politically, I don't know anything about anything. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know if I have a, a stance. I just, I don't, I don't, dude, I, 
I know so little about anything. Like, I just don't, without my phone, like, I'm an idiot. And so, I'm doing, they're doing some showcase where you can go on Red Eye. That was Greg Gutfeld's first show. Uh-huh. And it was on 2 o'clock in the morning. And you could do whatever you wanted. And all these comics were doing it and getting a bunch of buzz off of it. So, they had a showcase. And you go, hey, you can um, come to five minutes see if you can get on the show. And so, I wore these black glasses uh, back then. And um, I do the show. I'm wearing a blue shirt. And I do the show, and uh, Greg's there, and the whole and the, the bookers are there. And Greg's wearing a blue shirt and black glasses. And um, after the show, I just, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't usually wait around to see how it went, but I'm just, like, having a beer. And I turn around to Greg Gutfeld. And I go, hey, man, and I'd never met him. And he goes, dude, I guess you're doing our show. I go, okay. Why is that? And he was like, dude, a hundred people have come up to me and said, funny set. They thought he was me. And they kept telling him he had a good set. <laughs> Which was like the greatest, the greatest way ever to get in on the show. And so I ended up doing Red Eye, his first show. I did it like 55 times. I did it every week for uh, almost two years. And then he got a new show that's on Sundays. I think it's on Sundays. And, uh, and yeah, I've done that one 10 times. We're going up again next month to do it. It's, it's funny. They don't mind if you're just a comedian. Like you don't have to like pick a side. Thank God. But every time I get the topics, you get like the topics. They're like, hey, we're going to be talking about you know, the wall, Trump's wall, this and this. And I'm telling man, I have to I have to not only write jokes, I have to figure out what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know anything. I feel in with no I have no information. I'm like, what who is this? Like, oh this guy stepped down. I'm like, all right, now I gotta figure out who that guy is, what he stood for, and then write the jokes. So that's how I stay up on politics is doing the uh, Greg show. You know, I've uh, I've uh, looked at uh, um some of his show recently and what I noticed is that uh, two of the regulars down on his couch is a giant, giant black man who looks like a gang member and then like a skinny white girl who looks like a sorority girl. And I go, the visual alone is... Yeah, it's Tyrus. Yeah. He's a professional wrestler. He's also an actor. He was in like Glow with uh, Mark Merritt. He's done a bunch of acting stuff. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's, I think her name is Cat, is the, is the little white girl. And so, yeah, it's a good something to look at, you know? Volume good- up or down, it's a good show. Is Greg, would you, is Greg Gutfield, is he actually a passionate conservative, or is he just a guy who was in on the joke of life and decided to make jokes about this? What is your opinion? I think he is definitely a conservative, but I think his love is it. I think his love is comedy. Like, I think what he really wants to do is make people laugh, and if that's his, if that's his, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is, like venue, or that's his way to do it, he is on that panel all of the time. And if you watch, he's on The Five, yeah. Which is like, you know, that could be a that could be a boring ass show. But whenever they get to Greg, he's always get there's a little something to, to stick around for. He's always got like a funny a funny thing to add, you know, which I think makes every show better to have like a little bit of comedy. As long as I'm not hundred percent sure I'd have to I don't know if I could speak for him, but I think his love is is like trying to make people laugh and especially in that, you know, kind of a weird format. Um well, yeah, he, he's read a couple of books. I've read uh, a couple of his books. Hilarious. Just yeah. an incredible writer. Super funny. I mean, like, laughing out loud reading this guy's books. He's just, so I don't know. I, w- I would say funny for him probably comes before politics. You know, I, I've kind of got a maxim. I, I write a lot of political stuff. Um, I write with a group of people in Los Angeles who write political stuff. And, and my, my ethic, if I'm writing political jokes, is go, i, I got to write a joke. It's going to have my point of view, but... Is it possible that people who disagree with this point of view could still find it funny? And uh, there you go. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of times when I'm watching Greg Gutfeld, he'll do something and go, damn it, damn it, that's funny. So, uh, 
I posted something recently in a conversation with someone and, and someone knowing my love of the Grateful Dead, a guy who was always opposed to me, goes, hey, everything was going along swimmingly and then Jerry Garcia had to jump in and I wrote, you know what? Funny. So, um, <laughs> so listen, listen, you're a funny guy and uh, um, uh, I, we always enjoy talking to you and uh, we always enjoy when you're at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. You're there tonight for two shows, correct? Yeah, tonight two shows, tomorrow two shows, and one last one on Sunday, which is always fun. It's earlier, it's like seven on Sunday. Yeah. Always yeah. a good one. You know, sometimes I remember doing yes, the Sunday sir. show, and especially if it was a rough week, and you do the Sunday show and it's early, and now it's 8.30, and you go, I still have to stay here till like noon tomorrow. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. I, know, I, I know they love you up there. Anybody who has not seen this guy live, uh, best show, uh, one of the best shows in the city this week, uh, Jamie Lissau at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you should uh, go to houseofcomedy.net. That's houseofcomedy.net. Most beautiful club in this city or in most cities. Uh, beautiful club. Yeah, really nice. And uh, the condo's nice because you're laying there right now talking to me. So uh, They're a great condo. Beautiful condo. Isn't it? Beautiful. It's cool. Yeah. They've had to evict a couple comics. They've had to, There's been like a protest and rent control people and stuff. There's comics who went, I'm not leaving. And uh, they went down and got a they went down and got a job across the street that country bar and they were bussing tables. Going, you gotta go, you gotta go. They go, no, this is better. This is, do you realize I have to go to Omaha next week? <laughs> so I, I can see that this, this condo is actually than my new place. So I might just stay here myself. If you look out in the balcony, there might be an opening act from uh, 2015, kind of squatting out there. So be careful. <laughs> He's got a long beard. He's wearing a loincloth. He's talking to a basketball. I ain't leaving. So. I gotta open that door. Yeah. I gotta open that door. She's back there. Don't open the door. All right, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. Thanks, this man. Great to see you again. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, best of luck to you in everything. You've always got a home here uh, on our podcast. And if you, if you sometimes go, I gotta tell somebody something. I gotta tell them this. I'm gonna call Tony. See if he'll put me on. We'll put you on. Okay, hell yeah, man. You got it. All right, brother. Love it. Be well. Thanks, Bye-bye. man. Thanks for the tag. I'm trying tonight. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Well, that was, um, that was cool. You know, that, when he said Alaska, that's when I went, oh, yeah. I remember this guy. This guy's a great... It's, it, I don't know if it's because we've interviewed so many people that I sometimes lose track, and we've been fortunate to interview a lot. Yeah, so he's, a, he's our, our friend from Alaska. He's gone through some life changes, and uh, uh, I don't want to say he's the better for it, but he, he, seems, he seems to grow from everything. So, that, he's a, you know, the house of comedy, the comics they have up there, I just want to say this about the comics in general, okay? They are, like, dedicated to funny. They're dedicated to stand-up. I mean, just great stand-ups. And I've got nothing against people who do podcasts from the stand-up comedy stage or want to do some sort of theater from the stand-up comedy stage. And we do a podcast. I started in theater. But just people who are dedicated to be funny first. Don't be political first or don't be uh, topical first or don't be... So there's an ethic going on there that I find really, really fascinating in their booking concepts. Uh, you should check this guy out. He's a good guy. You'll feel good. You'll go in there. You go in there. you feel good when you walk into the room because it's pretty and beautiful, and then you'll feel good when you eat the food because it's delicious, and then you'll feel even better after the show because the comic made you just feel good about yourself and things in general. I'm gonna go to the Tempe Center for the Arts. 
to see Tony Vizic presents, and you should too. And after that, we're all going to get a big bus and go up to the House of Comedy and watch Jamie LaSalle. All right? Don't take me up on that. But if enough of you show up, we just might do it. Uh, for my producer, who happens to be my wife, Shirley Lowe Visick, we want to thank Mr. Jeff Ebigov and Jamie Lissell. And we want to thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday with another thrilling episode of This American Podcast. Bye-bye.